Happy Tuesday, Patriots fans. I'm Kyrie Thompson, your Patriots reporter for WEEI.com. No practice in Foxborough from now until training camp. That means there's nothing to distract you from the Celtics tripping up in Game 5 of the NBA Finals on Monday night. But I'm going to try to give you something anyway. Got a little football-related treat for you. I got a chance to chop it up on Monday with Damian Parson, a national NFL scout for the Draft Network. You can find him on Twitter at DP underscore NFL, talking both pro and college football nonstop. He's seen a lot of your favorite draft prospects from this past year and the coming years up close and personal. And we had ourselves a wide ranging talk about the Patriots. Like we were on for an hour talking about New England's draft, Mac Jones, Nelson Aguilar, Tyquan Thornton, what this roster construction says about how the team's going to play in 2022. I mean, we even got into some ideal prospects for the Patriots going into the 2023 NFL draft for all you draft nerds out there. Of course, though, we had to start by talking about what the Patriots just did in the 2022 NFL draft, which has no shortage of critics and detractors and people still scratching their heads. I'm still, I'm still perplexed. I'm still, you know, you look at the first pick, Cole Strange, and it's like, okay, so you, you knew coming in, they got to address guard, right? But the biggest need, I, we, we all felt, you know, at the draft network, more so, the cornerback spot. And for Belichick, being the guy, he's always believed secondary over pass rush, you know? And so I was, that's why I was mainly shocked. But, you know, seeing Cole Strange go one, this is a day two guy. We, we really liked him, you know, second round at, at earliest, uh, definitely a third round grade we had on him. And he's more of a zone based guard as well. So it's like thinking about what New England's been doing the past couple of years. It's a lot of power, a lot of off tackle, power toss and different things like that. And it's just like, wow. Okay. You know, it, but it, it, at the same time, it does sense because he's always, especially on the interior, preferred more athletic guards, guys that can get out in the screen game, guys that can get out and get reach blocks and get to the second level. And it's not so much of a physical limitation for them. You know, it wasn't hard to understand the pick. It was more so like, bro, like you had some other need. You had another need that was greater than this specific spot because this was a draft where you could have found guard, you know, on day two, on day three. Uh, a lot of teams are able to do it. So it's just kind of that pick caught me. Now, the Tyquan Thornton pick, that one really sent me for a loop. And I like Tyquan. You know, he's an explode track guy. Like, I feel like the NFL draft shafted this kid because I really don't – I don't trust the time that they put out there. I believe he broke that record. Like, this kid was like – he's a legit burner. Like, his speed is ridiculous. So, I watched tape on him. You know, I, I came away kind of impressed with his game. This was even before he was drafted. I was like, man, like, I look at him as a de- designated deep threat. Right. So he's one of those guys that may not he, he may not help in the blocking game. He's not going to be the best route runner and separator just with natural route leveraging and things of that nature. But his speed and his explosiveness, like you think about a team that wants to run the ball, that kid that wants to push the ball downfield on those play action. You think about, OK, we are we're at our own 45 and we're or we at the 50. When we want to go ahead and take that shot. First and 10, we want to take that shot. Yes, when you sub him in. And you get him on that on that backside as that solo receiver, and you play action and take that deep shot to him if it's an advantageous situation, that one-on-one opportunity. And so that's how I looked at him. I didn't look at him as a guy that I would have drafted second round. There was still some rawness to his game. 
in terms of there's some stiffness in terms of dropping his weight, sinking his hips, and getting in and out of breaks at times. But you know, coming out of Baylor, but man, his speed is just you don't you can't teach that. I believe you have some of that element with Nelson Aguilar. Um, I just feel like they didn't use Nelson Aguilar to his best ability. Right. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And one of the things that I saw, Nelson Aguilar, the years prior to last year, he at least had some mix of working out of the slot and outside. But last year was 9% out of the slot. Mm -hmm. Like they really just tried to make him an outside receiver. And the thing is, like, it wasn't like he was completely useless. He was still like getting attention. There were things about his game that could be better right? Like in terms of him tracking the ball down the field, that was one thing that we noticed last year was that he'd be getting deep balls and it just looked like he couldn't find the ball. But it's like, it's not like he he is a complete liability. People pay attention to him, right? Yeah. I think it's just yeah. a matter of getting him in the space that he can like make plays. And, and we've seen that a little bit in camp. Like he made a really nice catch the other day on a deep ball. And there were times he'd get the ball on an in route and he'd turn guys around in the open field, get him the ball with space. By the way, one thing that keeps, I feel like, getting undersold about Taekwon are his hands. I haven't seen him drop a ball yet, but I'll tell you what, man, the speed. He cooked Miles Bryant so hard off the line of scrimmage the other day. He was done within half a second, and then he made everybody look like they were walking. I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that on a football field. And people keep thinking, like, oh, don't put him in the same class as Tyreek Hill. Yes, I will. In terms of speed, <laughs> yes. Yes. He's absolutely different. To the Nelson Aguilar point, and I know a lot of Patriot fans, I've seen a lot of them just really hammer him. It's a defense mechanism. You're protecting the narrative around Mac Jones as a quarterback. So it's like, okay, well, he doesn't have any weapons. And I get it, right? So, but I, I you know, our biggest thing here at the draft network, watch the tape, right? And, you know, you go back to 2020 when he was with Derek Carr with the Las Vegas Raiders, he averaged almost 19 yards per reception. You know what I mean? And it's just, still, you know, he showed the speed and the ability to separate downfield and even tracking the ball. And it was just like, I just don't feel like he was comfortable again. Like what they did with him and, and, and with the Raiders, like they put him outside they put him in some tight, nasty splits and formations, giving him a lot of space to work with his releases. And then, you know, once he broke outside and, and, and got vertical and stacked the DB car was like easy money. Like I'm, I'm going to you. He, he identified that one-on-one -on -one matchup. We all know, like, the deep ball, which I've seen some some reviews from camp, I mean, you can speak to it, that Mac has look a little more explosive pushing the ball downfield um, and everything like that. But the deep ball or, and pushing the ball downfield has never really been the bread and butter of his game. I just felt like their two, those two didn't mesh year one. Now, I'm hoping for year two, like, is that for one, the offense needs it, right? The offense needs it because all the quick hitters and the three-step drops, five-yard outs and things like that, it was working the first half of the season. Then you got to the, the second half of the season, DBs began to squat on that stuff. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I, I, I remember, I think I tweeted that out during the season. I'm like, better defenses are going to have their corners play off, give you that five yard. They're going to squat. They're either A, going to blow your receiver up to cause a pass breakup. B, is it's going to be a, it's going to be a big hit. Your receiver may catch the ball, but they're not going to get any, any yak. Or C, it's going to be an interception. So it's like, that's kind of where it was. And then, you know, Matt, being the guy that he is, a headsy guy, he's like, okay, well, I'm going to target Hunter Henry a lot. Teams are going to adjust to that in year two. Like, you know what I mean? They're going to try to crowd him, condense 
the hashes and cloud it. So it's like, okay, now we want you to throw outside the numbers. We want you to throw deep. We want you. It's uh, I always use basketball parables whenever, I, even with football, I can always connect it too easily. It's mm-hmm. literally like having, it's like playing two, three zone. Everybody can shoot when they're open and you're kicking and driving and you're in rhythm. But that two, three zone makes you shoot. It's like, okay, you're not getting into the two-third defense. You have to shoot. We're forcing the three. And it's like, well, this isn't the in rhythm three. This isn't what I want to do. So it's like that's the diff. That's kind of where I, I expect defenses to adjust to him. So that's when Tyquan Thornton can come in and, and have an impact. Because once he wins, it's over. Like if he gets vertical, it's a wrap. So it's like, all right, defense. Like of course, DBs are they're cognizant. Like okay, this young man has a track back. That's going to be in the scouting report. Tyquan Thornton is their most explosive receiver. We got to be on our kind of p's and q's. Make sure we, we're leveraging right. We, we pre-snap. We're doing what we need to do. Don't be super aggressive and miss your punches in the contact window against press because the moment you do and that safety's on the other hash, it's a touchdown. So you talked about Mac Jones. You brought him up. And mm-hmm. that is one of the other big questions coming out of here because like, what are they going to do with Mac Jones in year two? How will he progress? He has definitely looked strong with the deep ball. And just taking more shots. Like this time last year, he was not doing this. Like yeah. you, you might be lucky to see one deep ball attempt from him in a week. When we're when I'm talking, I'm talking about like yeah. OTAs and and mini camp. Yeah. It just was not happening. And the thing was like he graded out well in college with deep balls, but again, it, he won with timing and touch. Mm-hmm. Right, not like. I'm going to really let this play develop and then and then air it out 60 yards. Plus, you, you got people thinking like, OK, well, his receivers were open by five yards every time. He's looked better for now, but there are still a lot of questions about how Mac Jones stacks up with or how he's going to eventually stack up with the other guys that were picked in the first round last year. And so how did what Mac Jones did in his rookie year line up with? what you scouted him as when he was coming out of the draft. And I don't know what, what, where do you think he goes from here? Like, do you think he still, he has what it takes to be the best quarterback in that draft class long-term or some of these other more toolsy potential guys going to catch up with him starting this year? He He's the same player I, I saw at Alabama, you know, just the, the anticipation, the timing, pre-snap recognition, being able to find his matchups and his landmarks and, and pinpoint where he wanted to go with the football, um, you know, real, reading coverage as well. His, as a rookie, he was, you know, definitely performed better than pretty much almost all those guys, right? For me, when looking at Matt Jones in the year two, I'm, gonna, I'm a little concerned. I just look at the offense and, you know, we, we go back to the draft. You know, you drafted two more running backs, Pierre Strong, drafted Kevin Harris. Bailey Zapp in the fourth round made absolutely no sense to me. Like, none. And I was just like, how does this help Mac? Like, yes, Bailey Zapp's a very headsy, smart quarter. Saw him at the Senior Bowl as well. He's a gamer. He's a tough, gritty guy. And I can see why Belichick would be fond of the kid, right? But you draft him in the fifth, maybe sixth round. Like, you don't draft him in the fourth after you just been the top 15 pick on Mac Jones last year. I don't really, it didn't make sense to me. I would have rather wanted to get more pieces especially from the receiving standpoint, you know, to, to help Mac. Um, and I feel like I don't feel like this this offense weaponry-wise is built 
to where it should be. Now, again, just like Justin Fields, maybe, you know, year three, Belichick, which has never really been his MO to make the biggest of splashes, right? He's never been that guy. But maybe he go, you know, when you have Tom Brady, you don't have to make the biggest of splashes. But you don't have Tom Brady. So now you got you need to alter your path. Because this is the type of drafting that he did with Brady. Like he would – but now Josh Allen's a dude, right? Tua has plenty of weapons and a more improved offensive line and run game now. Zach Wilson's offense is improved. So it's like you the, you draft the, – the, there's an old ad. You draft to win your division. And to me, I don't feel he did enough to help Mac win a division. Looking at what he did, I don't see the true improvement. But you know, as we talked about, I think there's going to be – a zone change on both sides of the ball. I think it said, I think they're going to veer away from as much on the power game. So let's, okay, let's stretch defenses in the run game laterally, you know, east and west. Let's force them to flow. Um, you know what I mean? And it's like, okay, you stand there with the offensive line outside of um, cold stream. You can still run power. Like you can still run power. I just think it's going to be, it's going to be different to see on both sides of the ball. Things that we're going to see more zone than we have, especially defensively. And then we have in a long, in a couple of years with Bill. Bill pivoted from that years ago when he was able to be able to bring in more guys he was comfortable with yeah. and land coverage. And now he's got the type of corners where it's like, you know what? We're going to play probably five yards off. We're going to squat. Let's, what's the old, what's the old thing he's been doing break? I think we're going to see that type of defense come back this season. What do we need to know about Jack Jones and what he can contribute to this defense right now? Because I got to be honest with you, Malcolm Butler's look solid, yeah. right? And and you know Jalen Mills is more or less what Jalen Mills is. But there is a there is a real argument that when training camp happens, he can earn snaps as a starting corner right now. Mm-hmm. Even when he's getting beat, the coverage is generally good. He's ripped the ball out of people's hands. He's had a couple of, of interceptions, you know, albeit, you know, on the scout team. And they're running him out there constantly. And, and he almost body bagged for Christian Wilkerson during one rep. I mean, th- again, this is no pads, right? But mm-hmm. he's up in his face and just almost just threw him to the ground at the line of scrimmage. It was it was pretty impressive. No, Jack, he's competitive, man, and, and which goes to everything you just talked about, right? Like, even when he's beat, he's still fighting to be in phase and fighting through the hands. Like, he he's not a guy that is ever going to give up on a play. And, 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 and again, we talk about Bel- – Bill Belichick has always been a culture type of guy when it comes to adding talent to his roster. That's always been his thing. And Jack Jones is a Patriot way culture type of guy. Like, he's, he's tough. He's gritty. He's, he's super competitive. And he can be, like he's talking about, being sticky in coverage, being aggressive when it comes down to pressing and being physical at the line of scrimmage, especially for a guy that's 175 pounds. He's not 190. He's not – so five eleven, six foot. He's skinny. Like, I mean, yeah, like he's, he's, he's a smaller guy. He's a smaller guy. He understands, like, yeah, I'm, I don't have all the physical attributes and tools, and you know, I, I don't check every box. But I'm gonna come out here and I'm a ball. And, and, and you want guys like that on your roster, man. But it's like, because then and all the other guys look at him and like, you know what? I gotta take my game to another level. I gotta step up a little bit because if he could come out here having all the physical things not go his way and compete at a high level, right? Why can't I come out and match that energy? That's why when you when you gave that that, re- that glowing review, I'm not surprised. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's why I'm excited to see when Marcus Jones gets on the field because he's another guy like that. Really feisty, really competitive, going to be in your face when he needs to. That I think Bill Belichick will love out of these two corners 
like I said, it's just the, the size. Other offenses trying to pinpoint that and try to put them in disadvantaged situations. And it's like, okay, how do we combat that? How do we play more zone? Yeah, and, and you know what? It's like Marcus Jones that is part of the problem. He has no regard for his own body. Nope. Like he's he's just he's just out here throwing himself around and and, and destroying his own shoulders. He's like, I'm just trying to make a play. But it, it's interesting, right? Because you know, you brought up a couple of times now playing more zone. I was one of those guys who thought the Patriots could use maybe Devin Lloyd in the back half of the first round, you know? Like mm-hmm. I I I was really kind of honing in on that. Me too. And me too. And uh, you know, if not him, you know, maybe there was a Quinn Walker or or Channing Tindall, one of those, you know, Georgia guys. In the middle of the defense, that give that that tones down maybe the the size gives you speed from sideline to sideline, right? All, all that stuff, right? They said, nope, we're good with Cam McGrone and Raquan McMillan and bringing in Mac Wilson, right? And yep. to me, that says we're undervaluing linebackers more than we have in the past, and we're going to rely on our multi-dimensional safeties because they've got mm-hmm. three of them now that can play. Yep in the box, play linebacker, play deep if you want them to. Jabril Peppers now, along with Duggar and Phillips. So they've got three of those dudes. So I honestly am thinking, you know what? Three safeties, maybe even four. Maybe they just don't even play linebackers in certain situations, right? But that's just kind of my thought about. So in your mind, when you see the the construction of this lineup, what does that tell you about how they are going to use their personnel? And should we be more excited about Cam McGrone coming off this ACL injury? I remember watching Cam, and I felt like his, he had upside in pass coverage, right? Like, he was athletic. He can move sideline to sideline, uh, especially hash to hash, and, you know, he was able to play downhill. So, I'm, you know, him coming back healthy off the ACL, I definitely – I don't blame them for having, you know, faith in the kid that he'll kind of take a step once he's healthy. So, I'm excited to see him. You bring up a very, very interesting point. You know, adding Jabil Peppers, he can legitimately – when you go to nickel and dime situations, you can pull some of those big hefty backers off the field and put Jabril Peppers as that dime backer, that nickel backer, and be more comfortable, especially in zone. And that's why I feel like it's – that's why I kind of keep hinting to. I think we'll see more zone coverage because it allows them – they have the type of guys that can play zone, that can click and close, rally to the ball, gang tackle, and, and, and keep everything in front of them, Right. And I remember Stefan Gilmore was like, yeah, it's a lot easier to play zone, to draw back to a, to a spot and sit and read your landmarks. It's a lot harder to say, okay, I got Diggs. Okay, I got Devontae Adams. You know what I mean? I got Amari Cooper and follow these guys all over the no field. No doubt. No like, doubt. Stack, stack sets, bunch sets, off the ball. I always tell people, man, you look at Cooper Cup, you know, he's great, but what McVay does for him, like no coach, no other coach is doing that for their receiver to give them so much space to be able to cook DBs and they can't touch it. You know what I mean? Like team wants, they want to jam him. But it was like, I can't, he's like four yards off ball. And they, they got him <laughs> in a stack situation. Like, and they're releasing everybody late, like a different at crossing. And now he comes open. He's what he comes up and he gives me a fire, you know, he gives me fire feet at the, at the line of scrimmage and he breaks out and, and it's an easy slant route. You know what I mean? So it's like, you think about how difficult it is to be a press man corner. If they do convert to zone, it simplifies things. That would probably be the most beneficial thing because zone for a lot, especially for a lot of these quarterbacks, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw out, throw out names that a lot of people won't think about. Pat Mahomes, Pat Mahomes, zone. You still got to develop the ability to defeat it. 
Justin yep. Herbert, same thing. You know what I mean? Those are some guys, like I said, Mahomes, Herbert. You can confuse Lamar a little bit with zone coverage as well. The only thing with him is just like, that's why, you know, playing at Jabril Peppers would make sense if you face Lamar Jackson. You don't want Dante Hotel sitting back there flat for the, trying to watch, you know, Lamar yeah, Jackson. Because at any given point, if you confuse Lamar and he's just like, he's okay, out. screw it, I'm going to run. Then it's like, okay, well, we got to go chase that guy now. And that's right. what like I keep thinking about with Josh Allen. Because and like like why you didn't want you know, maybe a bigger, faster linebacker or something like that who when Josh Allen breaks the pocket, it's like he can he can put a move on you if he wants, but he's also just big and fast. Right? You gotta farm you and he can still make the throw. Like you you think he's going to always anywhere. run. And I think he I can't remember if he did that against you guys in the playoffs, maybe he did it against someone last year. He like rolls right, stiff arms. He did that to the Patriots. Yep. And mm-hmm. then threw a touchdown. I was just like, this is just yep. I mean, he had nowhere to go. There was nowhere to throw the ball. It didn't matter. I mean, because, oh. again, you've got to get him on the ground, and you can't get him on the ground. <laughs> yeah, you can't. So it's like, you know, you, you look at those things and then you think about it. And I get in at the same time, looked at Jack Jones and Marcus Jones. Like, okay, could this be try to be an answer for McKinney, you know, um, Isaiah McKenzie, you know, the the I think his name, the slot, the, dynamic, the guy who that, gave them Exactly. Fits. Yeah, because he was getting, he was just smoking Miles Bryant so bad. And I mean, part of it wasn't entirely Miles Bryant's fault because right. they were giving him free releases. And so he'd be like running from one side of the defense to another. Didn't nobody throw him off his track? He like, over out over every time. <laughs> yeah, but but then if you're if you're gonna have that right, you're just gonna give a guy a free release. Like, okay, anybody's gonna struggle with that. But at least you have a shot to tackle him before he turns up field and gains 15 more yards on you. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's 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 the thing, man. It's just there's a lot of flexibility with what you can see on defense. You could go to a nickel or dime set and have four safeties with two or three. Like you could legitimately have seven DBs in the field at all levels of the defense. That's not a bad idea. Okay, so to wrap things up. I want to ask you a little bit of a too far in the future question. Mm -hmm. Obviously we just got finished with this draft. We haven't played this season at all. We have no idea what's going on, but I've already seen some of my other draft, you know, aficionado friends getting into, you know, too early 2023. What prospects are you looking at? That would be like, man, I bet this guy could really help out the Patriots next year. It's a couple guys. You know, you, you think about Elias Ricks, the corner, from LSU going to Alabama, Garrett Williams, the corner over at Syracuse, my guy over at Georgia, Keely Ringo. You know, they want to go back to that number one style corner, let's play press man. Keely Ringo is his guy, 6'2", 205, track athlete, sub 4'4", type projection in the 40, can attack the ball at the highest point, be physical, be sticky, can tackle. Like, he's one of those guys that – yeah, maybe we play zone this year. And yeah, I get a Keely Ringo. We go back to my bread and butter and go back to man coverage. Um, you know, you look at the receivers, man. I just we I just did a film session with some of my some of my guys Saturday afternoon. We studied uh North Carolina slot receiver Josh Downs. And I, I told him, I was like, he would be perfect for Mac Jones. He can run the option stuff. He's a four-four athlete, uh jumps 40, I think 42 in the vert. And like 5'10", dynamic after the catch, great route runner, very manipulative in his movements, very calculated guy. This is a guy Matt could target 100 times 
in the season, even as a rookie. Like, he comes in, if he's the starter, like, Matt's going to give him the ball because he's a guy that Matt can use to move the chains. And then you think about getting vertical from that slot position. He can do that as well. Zay Flowers from Boston College and, like I said, Keishon Boutte from LSU, who's their star receiver. If he was to fall, or it depends on where they finish this season. If they're in range for him, like, Bill, I know you don't draft receivers first round. But, man, he, he reminds me of, you know, Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is, a, I think, a bigger frame, thicker body. But, you know, his ability, he's tough. He's physical, um, catches the ball well. And I, and I think the potential as a route runner is absolutely there. So, linebacker-wise, you know, you look at Auburn's Owen Popo, freak athlete, you know, can move sideline to sideline, can drop in coverage. Uh, next year, it's all about where they finish, man. I'm – not gonna lie to you. I think it's. I looked at the schedule. I was like, man, this is this is not an easy schedule. This is not the easy schedule at all. So I was like, you know, you want to give them eight wins, plus nine, off the strength of Bill Belichick. But it's like the players got to go out there and make plays, man. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be interesting to see. Damian Parson from the Draft Network, National NFL Scout, man. Thanks so much for coming on. This was a blast. Love talking yes, football with you. Love talking sure. Patriots. Uh, would love to do it again sometime in the future. Why don't you tell the people where they can follow you at? Oh, man. Find me at DP underscore NFL. Um, I'm also on Instagram, DP underscore NFL Scout. So you can find me there as well. Uh, you know, of course, follow and subscribe to the Draft Network. We have our motto. The draft is 365, 24-7 for us, man. So we got a lot of stuff coming out of the pipeline. Tune into the, to the, to the website. We're going to have our summer profiles up. And of course, uh, I'm also the co-host of the Talent Factor podcast with my guys, 2019 national champion from LSU, uh, Coach Keith Sanchez. Uh, so that that's our uh, college football podcast. So any college football fans uh, that come across this episode, definitely tune in. You'll find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, believe or iHeartRadio as well. It's a lot coming down the pipeline for sure. Absolutely. I'll tell you what. If I got a question about a Georgia player. You're the dude I'm going for, all right? I'm, all, I'm already locked into him, man. <laughs> Excellent. Damien, thank you a lot, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate it, bro. That was Damien Parson, National NFL Scout for the Draft Network. Follow him on social media at the accounts that he prescribed. And follow me at KDThompson5. We got even more things coming down the pipeline for you all, so stay tuned. Till then, I'm Kyrie Thompson, your Patriots reporter for WEEI.com.